0: Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
1: Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200k for one eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically, for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com.
2: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste.
3: Welcome to Money and Wealth with John O'Brien, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, this is John O'Brien and this is Money and Wealth. The theme of this week's episode is the pain, power and promise of credit scores and how not to blow yourself up. <laughs> So here is the trending topic. Yo Gotti, almost got it. (laughs) And my man was teased, but I am actually applauding him. He, um, in addition to being a very talented artist, when you're a rapper or an artist, particularly rappers, because of the fluidity of their art form and the hustle community that it normally emanates from, they start to want to include and expand that hustle to other art forms and see themselves as business people uh, and entrepreneurs even, yes, those two things are different, more naturally than just a recording artist might uh, see themselves as something more than just a very talented singer. I don't know what that is. I'll get into that maybe in a separate episode, but I found a lot more grittiness with the rappers who come up who think that immediately they can be a businessman, and many of them are businesswomen, and many of them have been. And to Yo Gotti's credit, my man went on to create several businesses that spin off of his successful career as a rapper, and many of them did actually pretty dang gone well. It appears, uh, but keep in mind those were in the creative realms. He did that in part because it built on what he already knew well, and his brand would allow him to amplify that. But when he got off into real estate. Uh well it didn't go so well. He'd buy a house and he was like, This is cool, and he rehabbed that house. And then when he went on tour, he went buy another house and pay cash for it as I understand it. Again, so far so good, and rehab that house and turn it into a business, renting it or whatever, selling it, I guess. Hopefully he kept it because I like to buy and hold. That's my philosophy. They aren't growing any more land. And my man did this 15 times, went on tour and bought homes, rehabbed them, and kept them. So you're saying, why, John, why are you hating on Gotti? Yeah, yo, Gotti, he seems to have done it uh, absolutely right, isn't it? exactly what you're talking about. He's got these other businesses. He's got his record uh, label. Uh, he's got, I think, a fashion design business, a marketing business. And when he's when he's in the studio, he's 200% all in, working with his artists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why are you I have a problem with him because my man thought you didn't have to pay property taxes. <laughs> he thought because you paid, now mind you, there's a compliment coming for him now. But he didn't do it like Mike Epps. Uh, Mike Epps took the time to understand the game of real estate on the front end. But I'm going to give your guy credit because he caught it on the back end. He, he had almost caught a falling knife, but he turned it into a butter knife and put some butter on his bread at the end. So he had bought 15 homes, as I understand it. Because I don't know him personally, I'm so I'm telling you what I think I understand. He bought 15 homes cash, and assumed and presumed that because he bought it cash, bought them cash, he did not have to pay property taxes. (laughs) Wrong, (laughs) and so he almost lost all 15 homes because uh, the city and/or county and/or municipality for which the homes were in wanted their portion of the proceeds. Now, I want you to remember how they got Al Capone. They didn't get Al Capone for murder and mayhem and all the stuff that he no doubt had done illegally. They couldn't catch him on any of that stuff and make it stick. They got Al Capone on tax evasion. That's right. They sent him to prison on tax evasion. This is not tax evasion. This is I didn't pay my taxes (laughs) uh, on some real estate. So they're not going to put you in jail for this piece. This is not personal income tax you're evading. This is I didn't pay my property taxes on the home that I own. They just take the house. They sell it on the courtyard steps for often pennies on the dollar. And this is how a lot of black folks have lost property going back decades now Our tax defaults. Property tax defaults is actually uh, a business that somebody listening to this will think about going into in the city or county that they live in where somebody's not already in that business and there's just too much competition, but but show, but researching owners that have not paid their property taxes and being willing to buy the debt, buy the property tax, pay it off and buy that property tax bill uh, if that property tax owner... In fact, it's happened to me before, by the way, supposedly I'm the financial literacy expert, and I had a, a piece of property that I end up a days from allowing somebody to buy my tax bill because I didn't see the notices in the mail because I was transitioning that particular property and with another one. And I didn't see the notice in the mail. And I was, it was a period when I was really busy. So this is not just a, you know, a situation with rappers. This is me. And I was days away from having to deal with somebody who had a bit too much leverage for my taste on my own property. I paid the property tax and of course was able to retain my ownership. Yo, Gotti's situation is a little different. He just assumed and presumed, and whatever you assume. Well, I can't say that on air, but you make an ASS out of you and me, right? So you should never assume anything. Never assume or presume. Always be nosy. Quincy Jones, my friend, my mentor, how'd you get so smart? I'm just nosy as hell, John. I want to know everything about everything. I want you to be nosy about real estate. I want you to get into the details. You can't generalize on this topic. It's really important to dive into the details. And so my man bought these homes, rehabbed them, did it right. Looks like he bought right, owned these beautiful homes, and almost lost Everything. And before it was too late, it appears he was able to correct his ways and learn from them because rainbows only follow storms. So I commend the brother for owning his mistake and then, you know, making it right. And now the homes are his to accumulate uh, for the rest of his life as long as he pays his annual property taxes. Now, if you live outside the United States or if you're buying real estate outside the United States, that's a different situation. You got to check the property tax laws in that area. There's an area, I bought some property uh, in another country, uh, and I'll be specific, Turks and Caicos, and you only have to take, pay property taxes when you buy the property. It's called a stamp tax. You buy the property, you pay the stamp tax at closing is 10% of the purchase price, and you don't pay another tax tied to that property for the history, for the life of that property. And I don't actually think that's the best deal for the government. I think they should get more than that, but you know, it's a great deal for the investor. And I'm willing to <laughs> allow the advantage on my side until they update their systems, but I really think they should be charging me more. I hope they don't listen to this. So God got off without having to catch a falling knife. Uh, he's t- he turned his lesson into an opportunity to to know more, so he can do more and accumulate, hopefully not only 15 homes, but hopefully 150 homes over time and become a successful real estate investor. So I commend the brother for owning the mistake learning from it, and even being public about it so that he can teach, well, you and me. (laughs) All right. This is John O'Brien, and this is my trending topic of the week.
4: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. (laughs) So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power.
3: Hey, this is Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant, and this is the pain, power, and promise of credit scores. When you go out to your date this weekend, and ladies, you see a handsome dude in the club, brothers, you see a fine woman in the corner at the night spot or the restaurant. When you go over to them and you say, what's your name? How you doing, babe? Or you let the man get a word with you. Or maybe you have a girlfriend or or a guy friend to say to the guy, you might be interested. You start a conversation after you have found each other's name. The next question is, what's your credit score? (laughs) And I'm only partially kidding. (laughs) After you roll up on somebody in the club this weekend, you ask them their name. And then the next question should be, what's your credit score? because you're marrying, if this is a serious situation, not just a pretty face. Pretty face that can't pay a bill. This is your business partner, possibly for life. This is the mother or father of your children. This is the head of your household or partner in your business. And only in a relationship should the math not work. Two plus two should equal six, eight, or 10, not even four. If two plus two in a relationship should be six, eight, or 10. You should be better together. If, it's, if two plus two equals four in a relationship why should you do it? You, you can do bad all by yourself. You don't need any help. As my friend Quincy Jones would say, <laughs> not one ounce of my self-esteem depends on your acceptance of me, and I can do bad all by myself. The only thing worse than being alone is wishing that I were, right? Or wishing that you were. So you want to make sure you're better together. And uh, like, like I said, romance is beautiful, but it's not enough. You you need to know that that your partner can add value to your situation. And so when you meet that person you may not be as bold as single your credit score is. I don't mean literally that, but I mean, I mean, within the first series series of serious conversations, you should start to like get around to it because you wouldn't know what you're signing up for and what you're signing on with and with whom. Because if you have a 700 credit score and they have a 400, <laughs> right, then you toe up from the flow up. You're going to end up hitting your face against their fist, right? You're going to blow yourself up with a financial hand grenade you know, lease a car. It won't be Mercedes. It'll be Mercedes payments. I mean, and, and, and people who don't pay their bills right in love will default on your bills as well and, and look at you and go, well, what's wrong? <laughs> so I'm joking about it, but I'm serious. I am so serious about this. You've never seen a riot in a 700 credit score neighborhood in all of America's history. Because 700 credit score neighborhoods don't riot, they go shopping, right? And it doesn't matter whether you're black or white, uh, or whatever. You, you've never seen a riot in any race, uh, in a 700 credit score community centered in of any race, right? When the credit score is 700 or above, right? Because the color's green there, right? But let me tell you where you see all the problems that you can imagine. Every problem you can imagine in America is in a 500 credit score neighborhood. I'm going to say that again for those in the back of the room. Every problem in America, whether it's black and brown urban community, or, to be fair, a poor white community, rural. I'll say it again. Whether it's a black and brown urban community or a poor white community, here's what you see in a 500 credit score neighborhood. A check cashing uh, business next to a rent owned own store, next to a title lending store, next to a liquor store, next to a pawn shop. Help me out here. In in the comments, in in the feedback loop, right? Uh, of you and your friends, I want you to have this conversation. You see a check casher next to a payday loan lender. Come on, this is a wrap now. Uh, the rental o store next to a payday lender, next to a title lender, uh, uh, next to a, 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 a pawn shop, next to a liquor store, <laughs> next to a, a renting rim store. That's right, renting rims with spinners, 20 inch rims with your car with spinners. They're renting rims in low wealth neighborhoods and then charging you insurance for it because they know you're going to hit a pothole. They own the Rams. They can't wait for you to break it. And then there's a church down the street trying to make sure you don't go crazy once a week. So that's your neighborhood therapist. It always amuses me when black folks say, I, I can't go to a shrink. I can't go to a psychologist. Somebody may think I'm crazy. If you're black in America and you don't think you're crazy, then you are crazy, <laughs> right? If you don't think you're a little crazy and you're black in America, then you are a little crazy, maybe a lot crazy, right? So just acknowledge it, admit it. Everybody's a, uh could use somebody i mean all th- therapists is a, is an is a paid friend so these churches exist by the way that's not just black and brown communities those are poor white communities and don't trust me go go see it for yourself and and you have these these companies now real talk now these companies are target marketing underserved communities whether you're black and brown urban or you're white rural it's the same situation in a 500 credit score neighborhood and everything negative you can imagine is concentrated in those communities. Uh, uh, hypertension, diabetes, obesity—that's the easy stuff. And by the way, you live twenty-year shorter life in a five hundred credit score neighborhood than you do in a seven hundred credit score neighborhood. Yes, I said it. I'll say it again: you live to sixty-one years of age. By the way, don't trust me. Go to the Operation Hope Credit Score Index. It's on the Operation Hope website. Either type in on your search engine "Hope Credit Score Index." HOPE Financial Wellness Index, uh, it'll come up either way on your search. The HOPE Financial Wellness Index or HOPE Credit Score 700 Credit Score Index, it's data powered by Experian. Now we have the U.S. Census Department involved and a bunch of other providers, and we are the only organization to to map every zip code in America by credit score. Uh, I may do a separate episode and just unpack specific cities so you can see the tale of two cities 15 minutes apart. If you have a, a community, not if, where you have, this is a norm, the normal situation. You'll be in, you know, Garfield Park in Chicago. Those listening in Chicago, you know what I'm talking about. And then you have, I guess, Lincoln Park, if I got that right, 15 minutes away on a drive. And you have 550, 580 credit score compared to a 700 credit score neighborhood in those two areas in Chicago. You have people living to 61 years of age in Garfield Park living to 81 to 90 years of age and better in Lincoln Park. Uh, By the way, you find that all across the country where you have, just go on on my map. If you wanna know how you're living, type in your zip code. I'll tell you your credit score through this index and I'll tell you how you're living. We've mapped every zip code in this country by credit score and the, the data is unimpeachable, right? So you lived a 20 year longer life or shorter life, depending how you look at it, whether you live in a seven credit score neighborhood longer a 500 credit score neighborhood shorter. You, you tend to have finished high school in the 500 credit score neighborhood on average, you, which means you, you have a high school, you know I think it's like 61, 62% of people have a high school equivalency compared to those with a, 90, you know, in a, a 96% uh, on average in a, a high school equivalency, which means they're going on to college, in a 700 credit score neighborhood. The violent crimes per thousand jumps off the sheet in a 500 credit score neighborhood. It's almost non-existent in a 700 credit score neighborhood. Home ownership rates tend to be 26, 30, 40% at most in a 500, 550, 580 credit score neighborhood. Anything with a five is attached to it. When you get to a 700 credit score neighborhood, the number starts with a seven, 70%, 75%, 78% home ownership rates because the number one way you build wealth in America is home ownership. And it goes on and on and on from there. And, and so there's, there's this huge gulf, 15 minutes apart. And if you want me to do this, send me a note, right? Send me a note on social media. When you see, wherever you see this, let me and my team know, and I will unpack. Tell me the city that you want me to unpack, and I'll unpack it for you. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you areas that you can recognize. I don't even need to go to your city to tell you what's going on in your city. We've mapped it all by credit scores, neighborhood by neighborhood, with the Community Credit Score Index at Operation Hope. Here's a a, a shocker for you. The average credit score for 40 plus million African-Americans in the wealthiest country in the world, the average credit score, I'm not talking about poor people now, I'm talking about everybody. The average credit score is below 620. Or if you want me to be optimistic, about 620, okay? (laughs) You want me to lie, I'll say 650. It's not 650. It's 620. And this is 40 million people. So, yes, we, we can talk about police brutality as we should and racism as we should and, and all kind of problems happening to us and those we care about in the realm of civil rights. But in the realm of silver rights, S-I-L-V-E-R. Right. Because I'm trying to get you from the streets to the suites. Right. In the realm of silver rights which is what we do at Operation Hope, what I'm about with the third reconstruction, which is from 2020 to 2030, from George Floyd's murder forward to 2030. In that realm, we we got to know better so we can do better, right? And what we found is this, this is this whole conversation flips the script completely. And here's what I have to say to you. Beyond the fact that if you want to stabilize our communities, you just move the credit scores 100 points. That's a whole nother conversation I'll get to before I stop. But half of black folks have a credit score below 620. That means when you wake up in the morning, half of us are locked out of the free enterprise system. I'll say that again. When black America, 40 million black Americans, wake up in the morning, before you do anything else, before you, before you fight any of the challenges out here in this frustrating world of ours, half of us are locked out of the free enterprise system. And I'm not talking about poor people. I'm talking about folks with advanced degrees. I'm talking about people with PhDs, right? I'm talking about people who are doctors and lawyers and bankers even, uh, entrepreneurs, small business people. Uh, I'm not talking about folks just who are toe up from the flow up. I'm talking about everybody. Think about this. Your whole life is a financial transaction. You you can't even go to bed without having a financial transaction because the government didn't give you your pillow. You don't live in a government-issued pillow. You purchase it, a government-issued comforter or blanket or sheets. You purchase them. The, The government's not paying for your light bill, I don't think you pay for that. Uh, the, the government didn't pay for your mobile phone bill. You pay for that. I mean, when you wake up in the morning and you cook the breakfast, you paid for that. When you open the refrigerator, you paid for that. When you get in your car, you paid for that. When you pay for Uber, you paid for that. Uh, this is the church of what's happening now. What have you done for me lately? I can go on this all and you stop at the drive through you paid for that. By the way, do you know where the drive through window came from? And in part came from, in large part came from the South, where blacks had to go to the back or the side of a building to pick up their meal, uh, because merchants in the in the 20th century in the South, in the 60s and the 50s, did refuse to serve blacks. So uh, we didn't. It, this horrible thing, out of this horrible thing, came out of a global innovation called a drive-through window, and we didn't get paid for it. That's a whole other thing. Well, at least we at least give us a patent on it or a residual payment or something, right? So anyway, back to the back to the story. Whatever you're doing in the course of your day. If your day's not about God or love, your day's about money. And let me tell you something. You go to the bank and you think the bank is discriminating against you. You think the bank hates you. You think the bank does not like you. They turned you down. That must be racism. It could be just that your credit score stinks, right? My mother, uh, Juanita Smith, God rest her soul, Juanita Murray Smith, uh, she had a credit score in the mid 800s, 854 uh, was the last one I saw. And my mother was not black that means my mother was green. That means that when she went to the computer at midnight and whatever she wanted to get, the answer is yes. The computer just says yes, 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 right? Because my mother uh, proved herself to be a great credit risk. And by the way, credit comes from the Latin root word credito or credibility. That's what that means. Credit means credibility, right? So my mother had credibility and so could you as well. Wouldn't it be beautiful if, if you knew when you walked in the bank, the bank just said yes to you, right? Well, it's possible, right? Because the bank says yes mostly to me, not because they like me, not because of a good personality, it's because I have a good credit score, right? Um, my credit score is just over 800, not as good as my mother was, but I it used to be in the 400s, used to be in the 500s. When I was homeless, it was in the 500s for sure. And I could have filed bankruptcy, but I chose not to. I decided these were my debts. I owed them and I had to pay it back. So I just worked hard to pay it back over time and talked to my creditors, uh, before they talked to me. I called them before they called me and surprised them, <laughs> right? And told them I can't pay all your money. Uh, so don't even call me about that. But I'm calling you because I'd like to make payments and arrangements so I can pay you over time. And, and nine times out of 10, they were very cooperative and didn't destroy my credit. And I built it back up uh, over time. So how do you repair your credit? Uh, again, half of black folks, when you get up in the morning, this is deep now, we're locked out of the free enterprise system. You can't get a decent car loan below what? 650, 620, maybe. You can't get a decent, like I said, it's not a, if you have a 580 credit score, you buy that Mercedes. It's not a Mercedes, it's a Mercedes payments, right? 18% interest on a car means the car is going to explode. It's a mobile bomb. It's going to explode on you and take you with it, right? At least financially. So you can't get a decent uh, home loan below today, 700, 680, maybe right? But with the raising interest rates, the lenders are more a bit more conservative. So they really want you to have a 700 credit score. Uh, you can't get a small business loan, certainly below 700. It's the riskiest credit on the planet. Don't be hating on the bank. You wouldn't lend somebody money who you know is credit is toe up from the flow up and has a horrible reputation of paying their bills. Uh, you want some security. And if they didn't pay you back, you want your money back. So why is the bank any different? They just want their money back, right? And so we want the approval, but we don't want the repayment. I don't, I don't mind either conversation. I want the approval and I know in advance what I'm signing up for. It, and so I don't mind, uh, the repayment. I'll talk about good debt versus bad debt in a different podcast. But if you want to get a small business loan, you've got to have good credit because it's risky credit. So that means again, if the average credit score for black Americans is 620 or below half of us, I'm sorry. Then half of us are locked out of the system and we don't even know it. So at Operation Hope, here's what we do. You walk in the front door. uh, We're the only nonprofit allowed to operate inside of a bank branch in US history. That's right, Operation Hope. It's easier to tell you which banks we're not in than to tell you which banks we're in. You walk into one of the branches that features an Operation Hope coach and counselor. I really shouldn't start naming names of banks, so just go to Operation Hope's website. You'll see for yourself where we are located. We have 300 locations. Uh, physical location, serving over a thousand locations by satellite. And you go into that branch and the bank, the banker can't tell you the truth, which is if they tell you that when they pulled your credit, they knew right then you'd be declined. They're afraid you're going to sue them, sue them for discrimination or something because they're highly regulated. So they they just tell you someone will be in touch. They process your loan, even though they know it's highly unlikely to be approved. So some of those bankers now say, look, Operation Hope is right off across the hall. They don't work for us. They work with us. Go and talk to them right now because they they operate by different rules than we do. And when you come talk to us, we sit you down. We ask you for permission to pull your credit score, your credit report. We pull it, and then we say, whoa, baby, that looks like a bus accident, that credit report. (laughs) And we all have a nice laugh because we know, you know. Either you know your credit's toe up or you haven't checked it so long you presume it is or you're not shocked that it is. But it's not a mystery to anybody. You know you didn't pay your bills when you were divorced. And you know that 1-800 number wasn't a lottery calling you. That was a bill collector. I don't know nobody with a 1-800 number. I'm not answering that. Let that go to voicemail. <laughs> so so it's never a surprise when we say that to somebody. Oh, my God, right? And then we have a nice laugh. By the way, point is, the shame is out of it now. We're all angels with dirty faces, right? A saint is a sinner that got up. There's no shame in the game of having problems. It's just doing, doing nothing about it. We pull that credit report together. We look at it together. We find something on the report. We say, Mrs. Jones, what's that? I don't know what that is. Fantastic. That's called an error. And the law states under, and this is silver rights education now, S-I-L-V-E-R, silver rights education. The law states of the three credit bureaus, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion cannot confirm that that debt is yours, that item is yours on your credit report, they must remove it. Did you hear me? They must confirm within 30 days of us notifying them. And we're going to ask you for permission to send a letter to the credit bureaus. And you're gonna, we're going to do it together. Operation Open you, uh, one of my coaches, this is a private banker for the working class. We're going to send that note in. And if they can't confirm within 30 days that that item belongs to you, they must remove it. You know what happens? is a pop to your credit score. Typically, you know, 20, 30 points for a negative item that is not yours. And a good portion of the time, the credit bureaus cannot confirm that that is yours. And so it gets removed. So what happens to your confidence in your self-esteem now? Remember tr- banking is a trust business, right? Right, And remember the capital comes from the Latin root word, "capitas," knowledge in the head. That's where capital comes from. Credit is credito, Latin word meaning credibility. Capital is capitas, knowledge in the head. Neither one of them have anything to do with money, right? And banking is a trust business. So they need you to trust them, right? And you need to be trustworthy. So when we, sitting in the bank, pop your credit score from 580 to 610 in this example, what happens to your level of trust? What happens to your self-esteem? What happens to your personal confidence, your belief in yourself? I believe your shoulders go back, Our results for millions of clients confirm. Shoulders go back, chest comes out the chin comes up. You're like, okay, okay, I'm I'm, I'm in this game now. Per- perfect. And then you say, okay, what next? The minute you say what next, we know that you're in the right party. Now you're taking your life back, right? Now you're leaning into your future. So then we say, okay, what's this item here? You go, oh man, well, I don't know. I mean, I got divorced 10 years ago. I think that was tied to the divorce. It was, oh yeah, it was a phone bill and we didn't pay it. And we got divorced. And my husband didn't pay it. And and I don't know, and I, I didn't answer the phone call. Okay, what's $1,000? Well, well I don't have $1,000, Ms. Jones would say. Well, it's okay. SBC, it shows right here, was sold to PacBail. PacBail was sold to at and at and called you and chased you. You didn't answer the phone. They end up selling that debt five years, eight years, two years, one year ago to Joe's Finance Company. Joe's Finance Company, my experience in banking, tells me they bought that for about five cents on the dollar. It's called bad debt. You shouldn't want bad debt, so don't do this on um, um, purpose because it ruins your credit. But I'm just telling you how the game is played, all right? So they bought it for $50, $1,000 debt, all right? Don't hate on them. It's a business, and, and it was your debt, legitimately. They, they, they have a right to claim what they want a $100, 100% profit on that $50 investment in you. So now they're calling you. We're blowing your, num- your number if they can find you, trying to get their, their $100. So we call them. Joe's Finance Company, hello. I got Mrs. Jones with me. We're looking for her. She's looking for you. <laughs> we want to pay your debt. Well, we want $100. No need to get aggressive. You, Joe's Finance Company, we're calling you from Operation Hope. We have her on the phone. We want to pay you. How about this? How about we pay you $200 and you let me speak to your supervisor? Well, $200? Why would you want to pay me double? And why do you want to speak to my supervisor? Am I been rude? No, you have yeah, been a little rude, but I'm going to actually give you a compliment because I actually need your and their cooperation in the future. We're going to pay you double Triple or quadruple of what you're looking for, quadruple what you paid for the debt, but double what you're looking for, because we're gonna we we want your cooperation. We want you to pull this off our credit report once we pay you, all right. And when we write you a letter or call you three months from now or five months from now, because it would back on your credit report because it's been up for so long, it may just keep get repeating for a while, get reposted. We want you to cooperate and keep cooperating because fair exchange is no robbery, and we want you to keep removing this from our credit report. And I need to have your name in case you leave. I need to have the supervisor. Uh, and preferably something in writing. I should remove this from her credit report. Okay. So, in that situation, Mrs. Jones got an 80% discount. They got a 200% profit. If my math is right, fair exchange is no robbery. Her credit score goes up. I'm making this up 40 points. All right. So now you're at 650 in my example. You gone from 580 to 650. Your whole life has changed. The light is back on in Omaha or Detroit or wherever you live, right? Now you're in the game. And now we start working with your budget, right? Operation Hope is moving credit scores 54 points on average in six months, 100 plus points in a year to 18 months, 120 points in 24 months, reducing debt for somebody making $49,000 on average, $48,000, reducing their debt by $3,800, increasing savings by $1,200 to $2,400 just by helping to do financial engineering for you. And by the way, our services are free. Don't go to these predatory companies trying to separate you from your wallet, telling you to file bankruptcy, charging you all this money to do what we'll do for free. Hello. (laughs) And we have, I think, 38 plus federal authorities memorandums and licenses, including HUD and a bunch of others. So it's easy to check out who's legitimate. And who's not? And Operation Hope is the largest in the country. Okay, enough of the commercial for Operation Hope. Back to the story, Mrs. Jones. So now we got Mrs. Jones. She's trying to be a homeowner now, right? She's trying to buy a house. So now we got Mrs. Jones' credit, right? It's not toe up from the flow up anymore. And we work with her to get her budget straight. Uh, We got her to get a Keurig machine at home and stop going to to Starbucks or whatever it is every three times a week and stop smoking. It's going to kill you anyway. And that's eight bucks every pack of cigarettes or more. And so now she's living a longer life But she also reclaimed about, you know, $6,000 a year from Starbucks and and smoking cigarettes. Well, if you're making $36,000 a year, uh, my simple math uh, from a simple person, you know, that's, you know, 20% give or take of your income that we just got reclaimed to you. And then we got the earned income tax credit. And we turn to Mrs. Jones, in this example, who's a teacher. Let's say she makes $38,000 a year. Mrs. Jones, have you ever heard of the EITC? Uh, What's that? congratulations, (laughs) congratulations, <laughs> you're getting a check. What do you mean? It's called the earning of tax credit. It's a bonus for working. This is a, a video for another day. I'll get really deep in the details, but I'm trying to get you to understand how the system works, right? Because credit scores are a building block to the, everything else, but you got to get that part right. Anyway, in this example, if she makes $38,000 a year, has three children, Mrs. Jones qualifies for somewhere between, my guess is five dollars to $7,000 in a check from the government. Right? It's a bonus from working. That's right. And here's the, the real kicker. If you've never filed for EITC, it's retroactive for three years. Boom, that's what, $18,000, quick math, something like that, 15 dollars to $18,000. So now here's her down payment for that $100,000 house or condo, the entry-level condo she wants to get. So you add the EITC plus city and county benefits plus down payment assistance programs are available at many banks, plus she's a low-income borrower. So Community Reinvestment Act loans will allow her to get under market rates when everybody else has to pay market rates. Uh, we got a credit score up or a debt down. We know what the bank what it takes the, for the bank to say yes. And we've already said to her, we'll approve your loan at Operation Hope. If the bank doesn't, we'll we'll fund your loan. So we'll approve you subject to the resolution of your primary denial factors. So if the bank tells you no, after we did every this work for you, we'll fund your loan. But in 30 years of me doing this, four and a half billion dollars in capital delivered in underserved neighbor, neighborhoods, or let me say, say over four billion dollars, a prime bank Debt for home ownership, small business ownership, or entrepreneurship, or consumer credit, etc. We've never had to fund the loan because the bank always says yes. Which means at that point you're not black or or brown or poor white or struggling middle class, whatever it is. You're green. You're bank qualified. So look, I can go on for this. I could do this all day and all night. But I think you're getting the memo that like if you want to change your life, move your credit score. Like there's a lot of things that else that 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 are in your life that I can't solve. I can't solve racism, right? I can't solve discrimination. I can't solve how somebody treats you, whether your boss is good to you or whether society is kind to you or who the president is. You know, a friend of mine who's a CEO, Chris Gorman of KeyBank, once told me that probably the only true freedom is financial freedom. I believe that. The only true freedom is financial freedom because all of the freedoms can be taken from you. So if you can't control those pieces, but you can control your credit score, why wouldn't you move that? Because that changes the whole game. You can't even get a job today without most major employers checking your credit. I mean, it's everywhere, right? Uh, some insurance companies will check your credit for, before they uh, give you a an auto insurance policy. and And certainly the mobile phone companies, all those folks check your credit, right? And we also give you credit. we will we'll help you figure out operational how to get credit for things like phone bills, utility bills, rent statements which don't automatically go on your credit. We call that thick file underwriting. We will submit those. To the lender to give you extra credit for your credit, but if you're a mayor listening to this, or you're a city council person, or you know a city leader, uh, you need to know. You need to tell them what my mayor Andre Dickens knows here uh, in Atlanta, who's a great man. He knows credit scores. Mayor Andre Dickens knows his credit scores. That's why we're partnering together in so many ways, uh, and you should model what he's doing. But if you're if you know a mayor somewhere in America uh, who could benefit from this. They could literally, you move credit scores 100 points, you stabilize communities. That's right. I said it. It's not about the credit score. It's a trending indicator underneath credit scores. Hope, well-being, belief, confidence, trust, credibility, credit scores, GDP, uh, economic activity that follows, small business start, startups, people getting higher education, which make more and will then spend more, invest more. Uh, all boats rise and all, all positive things go up and all negative things come down when you move credit scores 100 points. Uh, And again, Andre Dickens here in the the city of Atlanta uh, is but one of the the mayors who has gotten the memo uh, on credit scores. And I think that this has become a national movement from the streets to the suites. But you can do this right in your house. You don't need a mayor to do this. You can do this right in your home, having a family meeting. And when in doubt, just call Operation Hope. Go download the Hope in Hand app. Uh, on whatever platform, uh, Apple, Android platform, the services are free. And make sure you you ask that question for somebody you seriously dating. What's your name? And then what's your credit score? And I'm nothing but serious <laughs> when I say it. Uh, if you want me to talk about and map out individual cities in this country and give you a comparison and get into some details here, uh, I'm happy to do it. There's so many examples in my life uh, when my credit was tore up from the flow up and I was denied credit, I'd buy a car and I'd drive off the lot with the car. And then I'd be called back a day or two later. The salesman was so excited to write it up. They just assumed and presumed that I could pay. They pulled my credit uh, report and it almost blew up in their face when they came, off the, came out of the computer. It was so bad. And I had to bring the car back. Very embarrassing. This is what happened to me in my teens. Um, I was homeless for, for six months when I was 18, 19 years of age. So I've been there. I understand bad credit. Uh, I understand having bad experiences. I, I I know what it feels like to get that decline. I also know what it feels like to get a loan approval. And I want a few African American business people who uh, was approved for it. I'm sorry, that signed a $200 million credit facility with on what's called non recourse debt. It was for my Promise Homes company. But to go from not being able to get a credit card, and to get a secured credit card with a $200 limit coming up when I was an entrepreneur, and and I'd send $25 payment in and hope to God the payment got there before I, my $20 bill hit the table for the dinner I was trying to, the lunch I was trying to buy for the lady I was trying to date when I was, you know, whatever, you know, uh, eight, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. Remember back back in the days when you'd lick a stamp or you pop put a check in the mail for your $25 minimum payment and then you hope to God it got there before your next charge because all you had was about 25 to $50 worth of available limit in your car. I don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just being real with you. That's the, that's real deal. Some of us, when you're just trying to make the credit card company happy, you'd admit that you sent the bill, but not the, with a stamp on it. Anyway, that's a, uh, did I say I did that? No, I didn't do that. Maybe I just heard about somebody who did that, right? But I ultimately paid all my bills. But to be able to go from somebody who was, you know, floating checks, but you wouldn't know about this folks this in this age, but we would write a check and send it. And you knew you had to cover that check within four or five days. But from those days to to where I am now, where, you know, I get you know millions of dollars of lines of credit on my signature because I have good credit. Or I recently got an auto loan and I didn't even have to go through a long, arduous process. They already had my file, I already have my credit report pulled, they already have my income statement, all that stuff, my you know, and I just called and said I want to buy this car. It was a nice, a nice car. And for them to say, yes, you're approved over the phone within minutes, that's credibility. All right, that's credit. Again, the Latin word of credit is credito, credibility. Put something on your name, as they'd say. I want to put something on your name. I want to give you the license to dream at scale. Uh, and that's why I want you to master your credit. There's not just pain in this credit game. There's power and there's promise. And it just might be the way or one of the ways to set our people free in the 21st century at scale. It's always the
6: feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to
0: get. People quit.
6: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is John O'Brien, and this is a fan question. This is True Face, T-R-U underscore F-A-C-E underscore Snatcher, this is True Face Snatcher from Instagram. Why don't we buy all these liquor stores in the hood and start changing our people's conditions? I love the question. Let me start there. Kudos uh, to you, True Face Snatcher. What a great question! And um, you should consider buying the block. You should consider buying liquor stores and owning them yourself. Um, but don't be naive about it there's a reason why that liquor store does well in that neighborhood. And whatever you, I don't want you to make an emotional decision because whatever decision you make emotionally is going to be a bad one. Whenever you make an emotional decision, it'll be a bad decision. So I want you to make an intellectual decision. I want you to respond and not react. So all good. Uh, I want you to be morally committed to buying the block and buying and putting the liquor store out of business. But as I said in the credit score, Conversations. If you see a 500 credit score neighborhood, there's a reason why you see a check casher next to a payday loan lender, next to a rental owned store, next to a title lender, next to a liquor store, next to a pawn shop, and a church down the street. There's a reason for it. It's target marketing. These companies know that we're financially illiterate. We have low self esteem. We we're have we in a surviving mindset. We're, we're toe up from the flow up. We got, we're depressed. We're distressed. We're angry. We want to forget about our problems, i.e. liquor stores. They are targeting marketing is behavioral economics at scale. Ambassador Andrew Young, my mentor, Dr. King's right arm in the civil rights movement, would state to live in a system of free enterprise and not to understand the rules of free enterprise must be the very definition of slavery. So we've got to do more than have emotionalism. If you want to buy that liquor store right now before we change behavioral economics or the behavioral conditions or the the mindset of people in that neighborhood. Then buy the liquor store, turn it into a convenience store, and then start having fruits and vegetables or some kind of convenience products, and not just liquor. Maybe you go from hard liquor to beer and wine and some liquor, but you're gonna in and, and some convenience. But it, but you gotta understand that liquor store is there because it's profitable and because people go in there. I keep telling my friends who say they want to eradicate poverty and can't understand it. I said if poverty was there's nothing wrong with what you just said except it's rational. If poverty was rational, poor people wouldn't be poor. There's a reason why there's a check cash across the street from a bank branch. <laughs> People are not making a rational decision. They're making an emotional decision. So you got not just think about the predator or the the, the business purpose. That may not even be a predator, not even not just the business person there. You want to think about the market that's, a, that's attuning to that business. And you want to change the game. What Malcolm X said, we've been bamboozled, we've been tricked, we've been fooled. We need to change the fundamentals in the game in these communities by getting the financial fluency up, getting the financial literacy up. That's why I say financial literacy is a civil rights issue of this generation. When you know better, you do better. And when you move credit scores from 580 to 600 to 620, now the lights start coming on to 650, people start making different decisions. Now you're not depressed anymore. You're not distressed anymore. You don't want liquor. You want orange juice, right? (laughs) And you want orange juice without vodka because now you want to be clear-headed. You don't need to do marijuana all day, or to stay high all day, or to stay drunk all day. In fact, you want to be clear-headed all day. You get a six hundred and eighty credit score. You, you you want to drink water, <laughs> right? You go to the gym. You right? You you got a whole different set of motivations and things that are popping off. Uh, in your brain, right? Your brain is refiring in different ways and rewiring in, in, in different ways to be more aspirational. You're going from a surviving mindset to a thriving mindset to a winning mindset. Okay, I will answer the question. The point is, <laughs> if you want to be in the business today, you need to realize that there are businesses that thrive in a 500 credit score neighborhood, unfortunately. And if you're going to be in that business, do like I did when we bought a check casher. Then we partnered with a bank. This is going back right to the Sidney Rodney King writes. We partnered with a bank back then. We would offered to cash your check for free if you opened a bank account. And we had just, we had incredible success with that model from check cashing customers to banking customers. And we'd cash your check for free if you opened a bank account. We, we had acknowledged that you wanted to be you get your check cash. We, we wanted to, to transition you into a better life and we had an ATM machine outside of the check casher and that ATM machine was on fire. You can't do that unless you have a bank account. So it was beginning to work. So you just have to be elegant and thoughtful in how you do it. I want you to do it, but go to 1MBB, One Million Black Business Initiative at Operation Hope and go through a business plan program at Operation Hope to create a business plan, uh, to create a plan that works for you to buy the block. This is Money and Wealth with John O'Brien. I'm out. (laughs) Money and Wealth with John O'Brien is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from the Black Effect Podcast Network, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.